You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. All right, we are in the middle of our series on the habits of grace. These are the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about that are designed to draw us closer into a friendship with God the Father uh, who desires a deep relationship with us far more than he cares about the do's and the don'ts of what you do in Christianity. Let me repeat that. God is far more concerned about a relationship than he is a do and don't religion. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about the idea of reading your Bible, and this week we're going to talk about the idea of prayer. And it's probably not going to be what you think. So let's jump right in, and let's look at our readings for today. You can find your readings in the order of worship. If you have your Bibles, uh, it's multiple readings there, uh, so it may be more convenient to look in the order of worship for today. Acts 1.14 says, uh, talking about the early church, and all of these with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, We are to be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, to keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for the saints. And then the last one is Psalm 5, which is a little different than the other two. David here says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groanings. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my God and my King. And to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you, and I watch. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I thank you uh, for your word. Uh, thank you that it's practical. Thank you that it gives us words to live by. Uh, may we, just for a few moments this morning, uh, think about what you would have. To, for us to know about these passages, about prayer, but most of all, about you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, it's been reported that uh, in any given week nowadays, uh, in this day and age, approximately 27 Americans suffer from some kind of anxiety disorder. Now, I'm not talking about just general anxiety like worry over money or health or family issues. I'm talking about acute anxiety. Whether it's social anxiety or situational anxiety or phobia-related anxiety that sends people into this debilitated state where they have panic attacks, where the person may experience pounding, racing heart, sweating, trembling, uh, tingling in the body, chest pains, feelings of impending doom, or just feelings of being out of control. If you have ever experienced this, like I have, it is no joke, it's scary, and at times you feel like you're losing your mind. Now, while these symptoms can feel like the end of the world, there's plenty of help out there. Uh, and by the way, if there's someone in this congregation today or listening to us uh, via the video that needs help, uh, please don't process this alone. There's several people in this congregation that can relate, including me. And we are here to help you, and we know people that can help you more than we even can. But it's interesting because most of the time, the treatment includes therapy, medication, and counseling. But there's one remedy that sometimes is the most overlooked. 
uh, and the most underrated treatment, and that is the use of breathing techniques. Now it sounds simple, and in moments of attacks, uh, people, people think to their mind uh, that it can't be that easy. But it's proven to be one of the most consistently effective treatments for uh, anxiety attacks. Uh, it doesn't get the most attention because, like I said, it sounds too empty, uh, easy, it sounds too simple, uh, it sounds too normal. But breathing is the most powerful thing to regulate your mind and your body, the science finds. So today, what does it have to do with this? Today, the discussion of prayer rests on a similar principle. Here's what I mean. We have discussed the idea of reading the Bible, and today we're discussing prayer. These are some of the most simple concepts of the Christian life. They're so foundational, and they're so found fundamental in our Christian walk, yet they are some of the most neglected in Christian world today. And today, we're going to talk about the idea of spiritual breathing. What I mean by that is a pattern of breathing in God's Word, His words to us, receiving those, and then breathing out by the way we answer God in prayer. So let's look at our three points today, and those three points are in your order of worship. We're going to talk about the idea of being devoted to prayer. We're going to talk about the idea of constant prayer. And then we're going to all talk about the idea that most churches don't talk about, honesty in prayer. So let's look at our first point, devoted to prayer. That first verse says, all of these were done with one accord and devoting themselves to prayer. This is, this is talking about the early church there. It said they were devoting themselves to prayer. See, prayer, simply put, is just talking to God. And because of His amazing love and His extravagant grace, He invites us to interact in a real way. He has opened His mouth and He's spoken to us by way of the Bible. And now He's opening His ears to us. Prayer for the Christian is not merely, merely just talking to God, but responding to what God is saying and what He initiates by His words and His love toward us. He has spoken first. God started the conversation. Uh, and it, so it's not a conversation we start, but a relationship that we're being drawn into. That's more what prayer is. Again, we're breathing in God and breathing out our response. So prayer, having God's ear, is ultimately about having more of God and having His ear. It's not, first and foremost, how we use it. And, and, and the, the Bible is not, doesn't spend a lot of time on particular practices and particular habits and postures, uh, but the principle is always related to God when we think about prayer. Again, think about breathing. Example, we breathe in the fact that He is holy, and so we worship Him, prayers of adoration. He, we, we understand He's merciful to us, and so we repent, confession. He is, he's gracious to us, so we express uh, our appreciation about that. Thanksgiving. Uh, and He's loving and caring, and so we know that, and so we can petition for our needs and on behalf of our friends and family and others in our world. It's always a response to God. And this is the importance of breathing in His Word, knowing more about Him, and then breathing out through prayers. Your prayers are actually richer by reading His Word. Because prayer is an important part of ongoing relationship, the, 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 it doesn't talk about the early church in terms of when they prayed. It doesn't tell you how often they prayed. Uh, it just says they were devoted to prayer. So let's look at the second point here, constant prayer. It says, 
uh, in, in this Ephesians verse, pray at all times with prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Again, you notice here, Paul is not mentioning prescribed specific habits about prayer. The only thing he says is be constant in prayer. The Bible says this in different places. Uh, be continue steadfastly, pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians, pray at all times, like it says here. But here's the thing, constant prayer, here's where people don't really understand how you can be in prayer all the time. But here's what it's talking about here. Constant prayer doesn't mean you're actively praying at any given moment. But here's the point. Prayer should be such a habit in your life that you constantly default to it. It's more of a posture of life than it is active praying. Let me give you an illustration. It's like this. If I'm in the living room with my wife, uh, I may not be always actively talking to her. Now, if we never talk, that's a problem. Uh, but she's reminded me of that. Uh, but I'm always aware of her presence. And so I can move in and out of conversation with her at any time. It's like a friend that you're hanging out with uh, that you can sit there and watch a movie with or a game with uh, or listen to music with or you're fishing with. Whatever you might be doing, you're enjoying each other's presence and even without talking sometimes. But you know that the other is there and you have access and you will talk when you like and you often do talk. This is what we mean by being constant in prayer. But there's one more point I think people miss about the idea of prayer, and that is honesty in prayer. That's the last point we're going to look at today. This is David here uh, in the psalm, and he says this, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. My King and my God, for, I, for to you I do pray. O Lord, in the morning hear, you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare to sacrifice you, and I will watch. Now, as a pastor, you hear me pray in church every single Sunday, but this is a, a different kind of prayer. This is an example of a different type of prayer. It's David lamenting, pleading for God's attention, crying out to him. It's insight into his private prayer life versus what he might say in public. It's what a friend of mine says, uh, what he calls the soul room. It's the place you go with God and you hash it out. Some people may call it a prayer closet, whatever you might want to call it. It's a place where you can go and hash it out with God. Our frustrations, your dark thoughts, your evil thoughts, the things that you feel like you can't share with anyone else, I promise you, God is big enough to handle that, and He wants you to bring that to Him. He wants you to come with all that stuff. See, it's complete freedom in a relationship where you know God wants honesty and asks for honesty from you, and he's never going to hold it against you later. And he's not going to punish you for it. Because he's a good father that wants to hear those things from you. That's the listening guy that we serve. That's the good father that he already knows our hearts and our thoughts and our actions anyway. And he loves us just the same in spite of those things. So why would we not talk to him about those things? See, your private prayer life is an important test of if you're really real about your relationship with God. I mean, is he really your father and, you're, and you really have a friendship with him? Or are you simply using prayer to appear 
or feel more religious or even trying to win God's favor by praying. All of those things are not what He wants. Are our prayers really directed toward a God who hears us and wants good for us? Or is it just a tool for getting what we want? See, your private prayer life cuts through the fog and the confusion and helps you understand and know and grow in the fact that our relationship with God is and can be authentic. See, this is, prayer is essential for a genuine relationship with the Father. And this is heart of prayer. This is heart of prayer. It's not getting things from God. It's getting God Himself. See, prayer is when you have an ear from the Good Father and we speak back to God in response to His Word to us. And then we begin to experience what it means to really enjoy Him to really enjoy Him uh, as an end of Himself, not just a means of getting what we want. In prayer, we have the gift of getting the God of the universe, His ear and His attention. We're not just uh, His servants, but John 15, 15 says we are His friends. We're not just hearers of the Word, but we are His children who have a heart and His full attention. Like any other child that may climb up in your lap, has had a bad day or is crying or even wants to tell you about the good things that they have. See, God wants to hear from us and that's the power and the privilege of prayer. Since the great purpose, we'll end with this, is not getting things from God, but getting God, hopefully, just by thinking about that benefit alone, a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ will prompt you to develop a habit of prayer in a way that you never have thought of before and that you never have practiced before. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, that you're just not our God, but you're our Father. And you're not just our Father, but you're our friend. Lord, get us out of the mindset of duty, uh, of do's and don'ts, of religion, and help us to think more about relationship when it comes to reading our Bible to see who you are and responding in prayer. Lord, help us to understand this is what we are made for. Not to follow the list of things to earn your favor, but to rest and revel in the love that you have bestowed upon us through your Son, Jesus Christ, who made it all possible. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.